Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Good day, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Steven Arjun's Football Podcast. Today, in this episode, we are going to do the Champions League roundup, and we have a few blockbuster matches that we had um, over the past two days of matches, and also to preview and look ahead to the, um, the, the big clash this weekend, which is Manchester United versus Liverpool. Um, first of all, I'll interview, I'll like to welcome my guests. And firstly, I welcome back my co-host Arjun. Arjun, welcome back. Thanks, Stephen. Good to be back. <laughs> and our next guest is Uday. Uday, I did not forget your name this time around. Yes, exactly. I was just going to bring it up. Thanks for remembering my name. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, our newest member on the channel, Sasilan. Sasilan, welcome back. Hi, Stephen. Good to be back. No problem. All right, let's jump right straight into it, okay? Today's topic is the Champions League round three, match day three roundup. And the first thing we're going to discuss today is the MU against Atlanta match. Obviously, this match was a game of two half. Atlanta went into the halftime 2-0 um, with a 2-0 lead. And MU managed to fight back. Similar to the game against Villarreal, they had a, they had Cristiano Ronaldo to thank. Um, Arjun, yeah, this game, I understand that uh, it was a game of two half and... And what do you think about Amu's first half performance? Yeah, so uh, in this game, definitely uh, Amu started much better than in their previous game against Leicester. I think the energy levels were much higher. Uh, it was also due to the midfield pairing of McTom and Fred because the attacking four players had more freedom to go and press, knowing that they had a two, two midfield players behind to uh, help out the defence. Uh, also, Ronaldo, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the highlights, but he was everywhere. He was pressing. Uh, he was actually running and pressing uh, after all the criticisms uh, against him that he doesn't press and things like that. So I, I thought Emil started really well, but again, the same problems, sloppy defending, uh, considered two quick goals to Atlanta. Atlanta created good chances as well. Uh, they were very neat in their passing despite uh, MU's uh, high energy pressing. And I think Atlanta uh, deserved their lead at halftime. Maybe not 2-0, but at least 1-0. But I think they deserved their lead at halftime. At halftime, they were definitely the better team. Uh, but the second half, uh, it seemed that United were more on the attacking side. Atlanta, uh, they reduced Atlanta. They limited Atlanta's chances. Uh, maybe Atlanta wore out as well as, the, as time went on. Uh, one of the commentators was saying that uh, Atlanta are one of the higher energy sites in Serie A, but Serie A is generally a slower league and they don't need to maintain that high energy levels for 90 minutes. But the Premier League is where every game you have to maintain the energy levels for 90 minutes. So maybe, just maybe because of that, uh, United had more stamina and could show better energy levels until the end of the match. And I think in the end, that's what won them the match. Because looking at the second half, um, United definitely deserve to win the second half, at least. Uh, but to be fair, after the first half performance, I was so frustrated that I went, went to sleep and I did not watch the second half and I only watched the highlights later on. 
uh, even mm. then I did not regret it because I actually only expected United to grab a draw at most. And I think a win was a big, big bonus. Uh, yeah, now now United are in a good chance to progress from the group. But I don't think it's a fully deserved win. Oh, okay. Similar to the Villarreal game, right? I mean, like... Uh, actually, the performance was definitely better than against Villarreal. Uh, it wasn't as bad. Against Villarreal, we deserved to lose and we won. But in this match, I think we deserved to draw, but we won. So it's still better than the Villarreal match, but not good enough. How would you uh, rate Harry Maguire's uh, performance from the match against Leicester to at least the first half of this match? Because I was already catching the highlights and uh, yeah. already the highlights, I already noticed the mistake already at the start. So <laughs> uh, He's definitely still not 100%. But again, because McTom and Fred, uh, the two energetic midfielders are there, they are able to help cover uh, better. And so I think Atlanta weren't able to exploit uh, Maguire's, uh, I, I would say, lack of match fitness so much. And Lidlock was very sharp as well. Uh, I didn't really see him making that many... I, I don't think I saw him making any mistakes. I think he was pretty solid. So I think that sort of helped the situation. But yeah, I don't think Maguire is fully matched with... Uh, again, I don't know why Ole has started it. Alright. Um, that was a good question. Um, uh, that, sorry, that was a good answer. Sorry. Um, my analysis with regards to the match was... This is basically reminded me of the game against West Ham where MU was... 1-0 or 2-0 down against West Ham last season. Of, was it last season? And then 1-0 down. And then Cavani came on in halftime. And then uh, MU won 3-1. Uh, it was very similar. It was, MU was very poor in the first half. And then uh, I don't know what happened. It changed. And uh, what, happened, what made MU more excited to come in the second half and Ronaldo pressing, as what Arjun said. I, I didn't see much of the, the pressing. All I noticed was the shift in mood. And who else but Ronaldo to score the winner if you if we had to choose someone for a blockbuster night, it had to be Ronaldo to score the winner. But it clearly, all of this still clearly shows that Ole has to go out. Because can you imagine if we had a better manager, we wouldn't have to struggle against Atalanta. We would have finished it by halftime, rested the players, and then like, uh, we, we have a big match coming up this weekend, which we are going to preview later on. The fact that we had to use so much mental strength against Atalanta is clearly going to affect the team coming in this weekend. And we're clearly going to start slower against Liverpool. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, just to add on something uh, as well. Towards the end of the match, uh, I saw in the highlights as well as some videos that Ronaldo was actually sprinting back to defend, help Luke Shaw defend uh, at, at the left-back area. Then there was another incident. He sprinted back into the penalty box to help defend across. And I think this was after he scored his winner in the dying minute. So there was a joke going around that uh, Ole Gunnar played in the Europa League anthem and then he was so desperate to avoid <laughs> Europa League that he was willing to do anything. <laughs> I think he should just play the Europa League anthem every week, every match day, I think. <laughs> I think I have a question for, for the MU fans here. Uh, I mean like... Um, just now, Arjun mentioned about the midfield pairing. Uh, I noticed that over the weekend, Leicester, um, MU field, um, Matic and Pogba in the centre midfield row. And, and yesterday, we had, um, uh, over, over in the Champions League, we had McTominay and Fred. I don't know what are your thoughts in terms of the best centre midfield row ahead of the Liverpool game. Yeah. Um, I think to be, the, the problem is uh, neither midfield pairing is 
perfect. They both have their disadvantages. Uh, personally, I might prefer Macrom and Fred just slightly over Pogba and Matic, just because uh, Macrom and Fred gave a lot more energy, as I mentioned, in the defensive side. They help cover the fullback. But that's again because our defenders are so bad that they need that help. Uh, so Macrom and Fred help provide that. Uh, while, while Matic doesn't quite have the stamina to cover all over the pitch, and of course, Pogba doesn't have the discipline to help all defensively. So, to me, Macdonald and Fred would just edge out Pogba and Matic currently. But yeah, it's not it's not a perfect as well. It's, it's because we have such bad defenders. Um, I think that the best midfield, uh, screw Perry, just the best midfielder is Van de Beek, and he's in our bench. <laughs> and I will bring you up every single podcast in which I want until. Uh, he plays Van der Beek and I can consistently tell that Van der Beek is shit. Hasilin, uh, do you disagree with my Van der Beek assessment? I, I would like to talk about the what, uh, the MU Atlanta game. Okay, <laughs> I think I think we got to give uh, credit to Ole because honestly, okay, as frustrated I am with the successful comeback, but you know, imagine uh, going down. 2-0, I was really sad. Oh, shit, is this his last game? Because I really thought he's going to be sacked the next morning, you know. But with all that pressure, you know, with bad, you know, bad results and stuff, I don't know what he spoke at halftime, but he got the results. So I really think we all should credit Ole here. Maybe, you know, but I'm happy that now he will be getting more chances. So let's see what's going to happen. Look, Sasilin, um, I don't disagree that Ole might have done something good and uh, motivated the team to do that. Like what Arjun said, maybe he played the Europa League uh, anthem. The issue we have as Manchester United fans is we shouldn't be 2 nil down. No disrespect to Antaleta, no disrespect to Leicester, who are great teams. We shouldn't be digging our, ourselves graves and then crawling out of it. Do you see that? It's very silly. I, I, I find it very silly and I don't think that Every week we should be doing it because, like I told, I was very disappointed at Mason Greenwood's goal. How many times do we have to score individually brilliant goals? Even the header looked like a really uh, smart jump by Ronaldo, if you think about it. I won the winner. No, no one else would have jumped that high or thought about jumping that high or whatever. But just to be fair, this is why we are all upset at Ole. I don't know about Arjun, whether he still has the same uh, feeling as I have or is ang- but- angry as Ole as I am. Arjun? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, but it's not okay. You, if, if you see, okay, at the end of first half, MU could have scored two goals. You know, Fred missed, Rashford hit the post at the end of the first half. They could have leveled. They could have been level at first half, and that would have been a very big, very huge boost. You know, to MU. So sure. I think you also should equally blame the players because they are not taking up their chances. And I think the second goal they con- uh, they considered. I think there was a show from Luke Shaw. Okay, maybe different referee, it could have been a different decision, you see. Because after that Arsenal game against Crystal Palace, I honestly think, you know, referee's decision sometimes, it can influence the results too. <laughs> so you can't, you can't blatantly blame the manager only here. You know, I, what do you all think, uh, who's that guy? Does it, do you all think that should have been a red card on the Bukayo Saka? Oh, definitely. Yes, yes, yes. There was the ball was still on the air and he literally kicked him out. And I don't understand why was why that wasn't given as a false. 
but it's okay. Sure. And even the second, I think I honestly thought the second goal also there was a fault on uh, Lokonga. Any other referee, I'd maybe there would have been a fault, but you know, but still, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think we deserve three points either because we played really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, okay, yeah, honestly, the, my point here is. I really would like to give lots of credit to Ole for yesterday's game. Sure. Like, no, but uh, Ode, I think I get your point here. And I know what I'm trying to say is that eventually the result is an MU win. And you're saying that if you are capable of winning this game, why do you make it so hard for yourself at the start? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Make it easy. Finish up 2-0 Atalanta. Rest Ronaldo for the match against Liverpool, which we clearly is more important. I mean, not to say champions, but it's clearly quite big of a match. The fact that we're playing against our rivals, and then make Ronaldo run until the 90th minute, track back and defend. How is that any managerial like? Uh, I don't know smartness. I don't know. I feel I feel very upset right now. <laughs> this is always really pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, um, to be fair, like the goals United scored. The first goal, uh, I I can say maybe maybe it's a it's a team team goal. A good pass from Bruno. Good run from Rashford and finish. But a second goal was lucky. From Maguire, uh, I mean, it was a good finish, but he just swung his leg at it. I I looked at it a few times, and there's no way he meant to finish it like that. And... It was a missed shot. I laughed. I laughed by seeing yeah. the highlights. I already knew. I started laughing. I was like, Maguire can't shoot like that. Yeah, exactly. And and the third one, you were right. I think it was all Ronaldo. Uh, yeah, definitely good cross from Luke Shaw. But he's been giving good crosses for ages, and nobody has finished a header like that. So I think that that credit goes to Ronaldo as well. So I could only give a credit to the first goal to the entire team and so to me it feels like when we play decently well in terms of limiting the chances uh, as well as creating chances the players don't finish so then there seems to always be one problem that there is never a match without any problem and then as they said we always seem to be able to only win when we go behind which is a problem because that's when we put pressure and then the time keeps running out and things like that happen so yeah, why do we need to keep going behind to play well? All right, uh, a very good point and discussion on this match. Um, hopefully, as a Liverpool fan, this weekend will provide more problems than answers for Ole. Um, speaking about Liverpool, shall we move on to the next game that we're going to discuss? Liverpool against Atletico, would they? Yeah. Yes, we should. Um, I wanted to first things first bring up what are your assessment about Van Dijk's performance during a game before we go to the other major talking points? That is quite a weird question because like Van Dijk's, uh, Van Dijk's performance during the game against Atletico wasn't, wasn't under the spotlight but if you want to be critical, yes, he could have done better for Griezmann's second goal where he got left for dead but left for dead by, by, by Griezmann just, just a dummy then, he, then he's totally out of the game. Yeah, but um, other than that, Throughout the highlights, I yeah. don't think I saw much of his of, um his fault lah. But I will, I will, like, like what you mentioned like, I will, I will have to say that in recent performance I feel that Joao Matip is performing better than Van Van Dijk in recent games. Yeah. Okay, it's a very interesting point that you noted. Um, yeah, I just thought that uh again watching through the highlight, I just thought that a goal could have been better. And I listened to a podcast in which they were telling that Van Dijk looked very tired and. It didn't look like his best self in which he was doing. It looked like one of his poor performances. That's what I listened from them. And 
I, I, it's only human and that's what happens when you get injured. So this, that's what I wanted to bring up first. Secondly, I guess the major talking point was the red card. Clearly, it was a red card, right? Everyone, this is open to everyone. I, yeah, I think, I, I honestly thought, uh, for me, I think it should have been a yellow because he was clearly not looking at the ball. It was, it was unintentional. It was not intentional. So... I I thought that that really for me I personally think that wasn't a that wasn't a red card but I think if you look at the referee's point of view I mean if your uh, foot is that high then it obviously should be red card but I I think maybe the referee could have been a bit lean, a little lenient there. Um, okay. Um, Arjun, you have something to say? Yeah, yeah. To me, I I feel I felt it was a red card. I mean, it's very unfortunate. Uh, it was definitely unintentional, as what Sasilan mentioned. But uh, I think all dangerous uh, playing are awarded a red card. And unfortunately, he did connect with, uh, I, I forgot which player it was. Was it Firmino, I think? Firmino. Yeah, yeah, connected with Firmino's head. So I, I think it, it was a red card for sure. It, it, actually, it reminded me uh, of, uh, do you all remember Sadio Mane's red card against Edison when Man City played? Yes. Yeah, but that, but that he was. He was looking at the. He wasn't looking at the ball, bro. He was looking at that guy's face, Edison's face. But oh. this one, Griezmann, literally was just. No, 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 no. Sadio Mane wasn't looking at Edison's face. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't looking at Edison actually. It was. Oh, it's okay, just okay. that. It's just that that incident happened. Uh, as in, it was a lot worse because Mane but, was but, going at full speed. But but that was more. I think that was more. How to say? It was more force, right? I think the Mane's one was a uh, with a bit more force, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The force was definitely much greater. I, I felt like it was not, not as... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, late to face, I, I guess it's a bit hard for the referee to um, really judge how much force there is. So then, he, I mean, if, if Firmino didn't go down, uh, if it was just a grace and Firmino didn't go down, let's say nothing happened, then maybe the referee might have just given him a yellow. But given that he did connect with his face and then he went down... It is. Uh, I, I guess it is a deserved rate. Steven, do you have anything to say with regards to the red card? Um, nothing much. I mean, like as a Liverpool fan, I have no complaints. I don't care whether. It's... <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I, it, it, I can tell that it is un- unintentional, but it's just very unfortunate because if Pomino wasn't there, if Pomino wasn't there, and then. Um, Griezmann managed to bring the ball down and then it will be fine, you know. There, there won't be any red card and then, or there won't be any foul. But the fact is that I feel, I feel, I feel we have to take into account that uh, Griezmann uh, kind of did not care about or did not take into account the safety of the players around him. Yeah, so that, 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 that's why also like when he raised up his, his high boot, he did not the care of hey, who's around me and then just plant this into into familiar face and that that's that's that takes into consideration by uh in, into the referee's decision as well I feel like Sadio Mane right <laughs> <laughs> yeah like Sadio Mane yeah like Sadio Mane yes you know this red card actually reminded me of a match between Manchester United and Real Madrid quite some time back where Luis Nani uh, uh, right. held a high boot against Alvaro Arbiola I can't really remember how to pronounce it Arbaloa, yeah, sorry. Um, sorry for butchering his name. And it was around the similar pitch area as well. And even Nani was sent off quite some time back. So, I mean, it has to be a red card because uh, it was a high boot. And it basically, a red card 
is when it is a potentially damaging challenge and that challenge that can break someone's face or leg. So that was bad, whether it was intentional or not. By the law, it was a red card. So um, final question, which of the goals was everyone's favorite goal? I'll go first. I thought the Fabinho volley was really good. And second place, I will uh, put Griezmann. Nabi Keita, Nabi Keita, actually. Nabi Keita, Nabi Keita. Nabi Keita. Nabi Keita's volley. Sorry, Nabi Keita's volley. But I'm going to go with Salah, of course. He's been scoring, oh my God, bangers the last three games. I really think he's the best player. But uh, I honestly thought uh, Liverpool were done after the first 13 minutes. It was all at let's go. Even with 10 men. Even? Oh. Adun? Um, it's your favorite goal. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite goal, I, uh, of course, technically it is Keta's body, but given that Salah created his goal out of nothing, I think I'll have to go with Mo Salah. I mean, he's been cre- creating goals out of nothing for so long, and it's been like you expect him to do that every match now. Yes, he, he has been doing that. I think the yes. reason why I didn't pick the Salah goal was because it was a deflection. Mm, to, to, be, to be fair, yeah. I have been praising Salah a lot. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Steven's goal. Oh, Steven's goal. Um, yeah, I have to agree with uh, Arjun here. I think Salah's first goal uh, was, you know, was 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 amazing. Like even though it's a deflection goal, it, it, even though it's a deflected goal, but the fact that he he went past three defenders, you know, to to manage to make space for himself to to take a shot is. It's amazing. And I think Sassilin brought a point that he thinks that now Salah is the best in the world. I, I have to direct a question to Arjun and Uday. <laughs> do, you, do you agree with this statement? <laughs> uh, on current form, yes. The last by far. Arjun, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, come uh, again. Arjun, come again. On current form, yes, by far. In fact, I think uh, I think in our discussion, I was saying that at this rate, he should be winning the Ballon d'Or next year. <laughs> Probably um, Liverpool win a trophy lah. Yeah, it's yeah, Liverpool yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I already uh, have been praising Salah a lot and I think I can't stop praising him. I think he is uh, in the best form and that world-class player. Definitely Ooh. in the Premier League 11. Definitely in Liverpool's top 11. That's my answer. Yeah, honestly, honestly, thank you. Honestly, I'm speaking up from... First, two te- first season, I really thought it's going to be a one-season wonder. Second, mm. really thought it's still lucky. Third season, also the same. But now, for me, he's the best player in the world. <laughs> no more excuses. Listen, listen, I have a question. No more, no more. No more. I'm never going to change my mind. I would love to have him in my team. You know, <laughs> Oof. That'd be a great addition. Yeah. So, uh, I have a question for you, Stephen. Would you prefer Mo Salah in his current form or Luis Suarez of 2013-2014 season? Wow. <laughs> Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I will prefer I will prefer Mo Salah in his current form. Because Mo Salah by himself can create something out of nothing. Which I sorry? To be fair, Suarez they also did that for the whole season. Yes, but he he still need players around him. He's a good fin. Okay, he's a good finisher. But, but, yes, but, but no, he but still needs somebody to provide for him. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Sasselin. No, but I've, 
yeah suarez is a striker so his job is to score goals okay so he was scoring but mo salah he's a winger man but how can how is he creating stats that crazy every season i honestly have to go with salah in this one today how about you uh i would choose salah because salah has been a bit more consistent and the fact that salah helped liverpool win the premier league trophy suarez mm. couldn't unfortunately okay fair enough Uh, I I actually was thinking of Su- uh, I I would choose Suarez just because of the fact that he dragged an average Liverpool team to within a few points of the title. While Salah, to be fair, he's he's really good, but he has played in a world class team where almost every player has been world class. The manager has been world class, but while Suarez played in a team uh, where which was average to be honest, and the manager was Brendan Rodgers. So <laughs> that that that's why I I would go with Suarez. But yeah, interesting, interesting perspectives. I I don't think we can make fun of Brendan Rodgers anymore. The fact that have you lost to Leicester? That's, no, no, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not making fun of Brendan Rodgers. I'm just saying, uh, obviously, Klopp is a superior manager, right? To Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, sure, definitely. So, so like, yeah. All right. All right. And moving then, on to our third game of Champions League. Um, um, the one of the shock of the 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 the, the rounds, which is, Ajax managed to beat. Uh, Erling Haaland's Dortmund, four new at home, and of course we have. Um, you start to notice West Ham, West Ham's ex ex West Ham striker Sebastian Haller scoring a lot of goals for Ajax nowadays, especially in Champions League. Arjun, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, I woke up, I saw this result, I was like, wow. I mean, I did, I I knew this Ajax side was good, but not this good. Um, Haller has now scored six goals in three Champions League games. Uh, I think that's one more, or that's equal to Erling Haaland's record in this season's Champions League. I'm not too sure, but Ajax dominated the game. Uh, of course, given that Haaland has just returned from injury, it could be argued that he's not on top form. But the entire Dortmund team wasn't great defensively uh, in midfield. Didn't create too many chances as well. Ajax dominated this game from start to finish, and they could have scored more. To be honest, they missed a few chances as well, and. Ex uh, Man United player Daily Blind was amazing for them from left back. Wow, his goal! Yeah, his goal was nice. Yeah, his goal was really good. He assisted, uh, I think, one or two goals as well. He assisted the Haller goal, um, and yeah, he was really amazing throughout. He was giving overlapping runs, providing options, but the entire team was really amazing. Um, they could clearly see their game plan each time they get the ball. Uh, players making runs, strategic runs, pulling away other players. Dortmund were completely torn apart. I think this Ajax team could be as good as the team that reached the Champions League semi-finals. Wow! All right. Very good um, point. Um, uh, Haaland did not only score six goals; he scored and assisted eight of eight goals for Ajax right now. I think uh, what happened with Haaland is, is just another example of a player who wasn't right for the Premier League, but isn't therefore. By definition, a poor footballer. That is what amazed me about Haller's performance uh, recently against Dortmund. So, Stephen, anything else to add? Oh uh, no, I'm just I'm just very impressed by Ajax this season, and especially how the Ajax team managed to bring the best out of uh, Sebastian Haller, provided the fact that he he kind of flopped in in West Ham. And he went there, you know. He scored a lot of goals for Ajax, and I've been watching. I I've been following them since match day one, and and yeah, I remember one of the game that he scored 
a hat trick, you know, or four goals in one match. So yeah, very impressed with them, and and it's a very it's a very young team, you know, uh, led by you know, of course, the like what I just mentioned, the ex MU defender Daily Bin at the back. So yeah, exciting team, and hopefully they go far. And the fact that they can beat a uh, uh, early Holland, you know, um, early Holland Borussia Dortmund four new at home is an impressive result for Ajax. I can't imagine what's going to happen when MU plays against Ajax. <laughs> I think I I think they're the Brentford uh, of I mean, Premier League's Brentford. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> But but really credits credits to the manager and credits to the team. Like Arjun said, I think they I, I wouldn't be surprised even if they managed to go. I, I mean, final. I think I honestly Put think this final. current team is actually yeah this current team is actually better than the previous one. Actually, that guy Anthony. Okay, I think I watched him last last season two or three games and I was really really impressed with this guy. Okay, and I really thought okay maybe Arsenal should buy this guy. And you see, I think he already scored. Two goals in the winger, almost uh, similar to David Neres's play of style. Okay, I think they have amazing wingers. David Neres, I really like him too, but I think uh, Anthony is uh, way better. That's why he's getting into the first eleven compared to David Neres. I don't know. They are they are producing very good talents, Ajax. I really wish all the best for them, and I hope they go even further in the champion. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, a quick one. Uh, before we end today's session, uh, a quick prediction for this weekend's, uh, big match: Liverpool against Manchester United and Anfield. Arjun, what are your predictions for this match? <laughs> um, big match. I, I I don't know. I I I know the 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 the, the what general perception would be for Anfield loss, but I kind of feel that Anfield can get a draw. I, I might be very optimistic here, but I'm gonna go with one one. One one. Okay. Um, Uday. Five zero. Mo Salah to score all five goals. <laughs> <laughs> so you are. No, I think Lucio has been playing captain Salah. <laughs> yes, yeah. clearly I'm captain Salah. what are your thoughts? Big game and the one place you don't want to go is to Anfield. I think it's hands down for Liverpool with the with the bad defending that MU currently have. Uh, mm. I think uh, Liverpool Liverpool is going to win. You know what's the scary part of the whole game? Harry Maguire will be defending the side in which Mo Salah will be attacking. I I think the prediction will be how many times Harry Maguire will fall on, on the ground rather than how many goals Liverpool will score. Wait, oh, another thing to add, I, I'm actually more confident in the game was at Anfield compared to Old Trafford, but it's at Old Trafford this time. <laughs> United's home record hasn't been the greatest. So, yeah. Yeah, but um, Luke Shaw has been performing quite well against Mo Salah. That's true, that's true. But, um, I, I mean, Klopp could always feel the surprise move Mo Salah to the centre, start Jota or something. You never know. Mm. True. Okay. Um, my prediction is, um, Liverpool to win three one. Good Yeah. Let Let's see how how it goes then. But provided because the Haya is also in good form right now, so probably it will be a low scoring affair. All right. Um. Thank you if guys for joining uh, us. Man, man. So, sorry, Slingo hit. Uh, 
No, no, if Manchester United's midfield can give a good fight, of course, Liverpool's midfield is way better than Manchester United's one. But mm. if they can give a good fight, then I think the scoreline wouldn't be that embarrassing. But still, I'm going for a Liverpool win. Yeah. MU will stand a chance if um, they can tide over the period where, you know, the start, like how Ashanda started fast, you know. Liverpool will also start very fast, uh, very early in the game. So, so, so probably if they can tap over the period, they just just calm the crowd down. Then probably they'll stand a chance. I feel. All right. Um. Thank you guys for joining us on this podcast today. Thanks Uday and thanks Asilian for joining us. Hey, welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. It was a good discussion, interesting discussion, and also um. Uh, once again, this podcast is brought to you by Misubo SG and Sasha Bakery. And listeners, if you have any comments about our podcast, please do leave us a DM. My Instagram handle is at Stephen underscore rock underscore on. Arjun's Instagram handle is at Reuven Arjun. And last but not least, we'll see you again next time. Stay safe and bye-bye.